0: Welcome to the Kingo Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to explore and attempt to answer the question, what makes a great story? It's a Herculean task, but it's well worth it. As Plato said, those who tell the stories rule society. Story consists of elaborate, counterfactual simulations we run in our imaginations, for various reasons. This imaginary reality can diverge from our own reality, particularly when it comes to the realms of physics, culture, morality, ecology, etc. But, provided we're not telling a surrealist story of an anti reality where effect does not follow cause or where there are no consequences or where absurdity reigns supreme, the imaginary reality of story does not diverge from our own reality in one specific realm psychology stories are psychological playgrounds where we can rehearse for the future we can undergo therapy for the past fulfill fantasies and debate morality but the key is that these functions all require a strict adherence to the rules of human psychology it's the one realm that cannot be altered in a story the elements of the story including characters actions circumstances conflict and crises must all be contextually believable For this reason, storytellers must become psychologists. They must understand how and why humans take action, so that characters can act believably in various contexts. So where do we start our study of story? From the beginning, from the basic understanding of character psychology. Fundamentally, story is about stuff happening. We can call this process of stuff happening action. And for every action there is a cause. Sometimes the cause is natural, that is there's no sentient source, but sometimes the cause is driven by a change agent or what we'll call a character. Characters take action to make things happen because they want things. They want things to be different than they currently are. This desire is the fundamental force that drives story forward. Take this as axiomatic. All human action is self-interested that's not to say that all human action is malevolent just that it's self-interested in other words we do things because we want something or in some cases because we want to avoid something sometimes the desire is reactionary seeking a return to the way things once were that is a return to a state of self-equilibrium and sometimes the desire is aspirational Seeking change such as the attainment of status, power, love, or social acceptance. When we desire, we take action on the outside world to affect change. In that sense, we become agents of change. And that's what characters are, agents of change. Now, sometimes a desire cannot be attained through a single action. A complicated desire, such as winning a national competition, may require a plan of action. Rather than simply a single action. And a plan of action is a model of steps that one must accomplish in order to attain the desire for which the plan was crafted. Each step in a plan may spawn or become one or more new sub desires. For instance, the first step of our plan for winning a national competition may be to qualify. This goal of qualifying now becomes a new desire that must be attained in order to win that national competition. Perhaps the desire to qualify for the competition requires that we improve our course speed to get it under one minute. This then spawns a new desire, to show up every morning for training. Each desire has the possibility of spawning a tree of plans and sub-desires, and we can call this the desire tree. Each desire in the desire tree can be said to be a motivation for any of its sub-desires. A motivation is simply a category of desire with the purpose of offering an explanation or a reason as to why another desire exists. A motivation is itself a desire. Some motivations are axiomatic and atomic, uh, that is, there is no other root desire or motivation for that motivation, and some spawn new sub desires in the desire tree. The desire to win the national competition is said to be a motivation for the desire to qualify for the competition. The desire to qualify for the competition is said to be a motivation for the desire to train every morning. A story can cover the span of any portion of a character's tree, of their desire tree, and it need not necessarily examine the desire tree in its entirety. The desire tree is a chain of desire giving birth to a plan of action, which in turn spawns new desires, which then require new plans of action. At the top of the desire tree are the root human drives and motivations. The book, The Personal MBA, lays out a list of human drives, which include the drive to protect, to defend, to bond, to acquire, to feel, and to learn. Another model for these root drives is Clayton Alderfer's ERG theory that says that people seek existence, then relatedness, and then growth. And of course, there's Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, which covers some of these root motivations as well. Desire is the root of all character action and the fundamental force of story. And just as forces react in our world, they also react in the story world. One physical law of our universe is that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. The equivalent law in the story world is that for every action, there is often a greater and opposite reaction. In other words, for every action caused by a desire, there is usually a greater opposite reaction in the form of conflict. The reactive force that stands opposite a desire-backed action can be called conflict. Conflict is itself action in the sense that it is a specific type of something happens. What makes something conflict is that it's an action that pushes in the opposite direction of a desire back to action. That is an action that is caused by desire. The conflict acts as a counteracting force against the action and thus against the desire that caused the desire back to action. The conflict acts as an obstacle, a complication or a subversion of the desire. Conflict as a subversion of desire generally comes in three forms. Intrapersonal, which includes inner conflict of the mind, body, or emotions, interpersonal, which is conflict with other characters, and extrapersonal, such as societal, institutional, technological, environmental, and natural conflict. This conflict, that is the something that happens in opposition to a desire-driven action then gives rise to a static state where their desire and the opposing obstacle created by the conflicts are at odds and incompatible they oppose each other this static state of non-equilibrium where both action and reaction are opposed is also referred to as a state of static conflict which sometimes confusingly enough is simply referred to as a state of conflict this state is a snapshot in time where the conflict in the form of a reaction opposes the original action taken out of desire remember that action can be caused by nature that is a source not driven by a desire or by a change agent that is a character with a desire because conflict is an action it follows these same guidelines conflict can either be caused by nature or by another character Desire is always character-driven, and so when conflict is caused by a character, it means that we've got two opposing desires. Note that the source of both conflicting desires may be the same character. In that case, the character is said to be in a state of internal conflict, where two or more desires oppose each other. Notice that when both opposing actions are desire driven, that is, when both action and conflicting action are caused by characters, that this dual opposition can be viewed from either side. We can call the character who takes a desire driven action the protagonist. We can then call the opposite character who takes the action in opposition to that desire the antagonist. From the perspective of character A, the protagonist, Character B, the antagonist, is acting as a force of conflict to A's desire. But if we flip that around and make B the protagonist, then A, the antagonist now, is acting as a force of conflict to B's desire. Both perspectives are valid. In effect, each character views themselves as the protagonist and the opposing character as the antagonist. One of my favorite examples of this is from Star Wars. Tony Stiles offers the story of Star Wars from the antagonist's perspective. And from that perspective, Star Wars becomes the story of an orphaned boy who becomes radicalized after a military strike kills his family. He's indoctrinated into an ancient religion, joins a band of rebel insurgents, and carries out a terrorist attack, killing 300,000 people. It's a great example of how stories are colored, for good or bad, by the perspective, and that the same story can be told. From either perspective when the opposing forces are both desire driven the two characters are both vying for the same mutually exclusive goal that is to say the protagonist and antagonist both want the same thing it's easy to demonstrate this because we just have to ask why are the two coming into conflict if they weren't vying for the same mutually exclusive goal then they could both attain their goal without conflict and wouldn't butt heads It may not appear that the two characters have the same desire at first glance, but it often only requires us to adjust our perspective to a higher level of abstraction. For instance, the robber wants to escape, and the policeman wants to catch the robber. It appears as though they have two different desires. To uncover the mutual goal, we need only ask ourselves, why do these two forces keep coming into contact? The answer becomes clearer. They both desire control— over freedom of the robber the robber wants to maintain his freedom the policeman wants to take it away if you're looking for other information on that idea that opposing forces must be vying for the same mutually exclusive goal check out john truby's book the anatomy of story and that ends our first lesson on the psychology behind storytelling this has been a brief overview of the concepts of desire motivation and conflict We'll consistently dive deeper into these subjects and explore more as we attempt to answer the question of what makes a great story. But before we end, I want to mention a writing group that may be just what you've been looking for. It's the Kingo Story Lab. We're a creative studio of passionate writers who meet regularly online to help each other finish our books and screenplays. In our virtual meetups, you'll learn more about the craft of writing and storytelling You'll work with other writers to brainstorm solutions to your story problems and overcome any writer's block you may have. Uh, You'll get some much-needed motivation, inspiration, and accountability when times are tough. And you'll get sage wisdom from our guest speakers in the industry. You can sign up for free for 30 days and cancel at any time. After that, it's only $9 a month to find your place in a writing group of aspiring and published creators. Join us today to find out what getting serious about writing looks like. You can learn more at kingo.com, K I I N G O.com, and you can sign up for our newsletter to get storytelling wisdom in your inbox. That's all for today. Now, let's get to work and write some great stories.